Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Soul Prince Podcast. I'm your host, Akashic Bet, and this podcast is dedicated to the pursuit of purpose by navigating your spiritual awakening, investigating your spiritual gifts, and discovering your past lives and how they tie into your current one. And today's guest and I are going to be talking about her spiritual journey and her spiritual gifts, but mainly how she has evolved through fulfilling different aspects of the self when we are on our spiritual journey. And especially when we're on our career paths, we can't just sit and focus on one thing. And I think that's maybe the mentality that we've grown up with, or at least I have. And trying different things <laughs> and going an unconventional route. Um, there seems to be, for some reason, some level of shame surrounding that. But we want to dispel all of these rumors and all of these um, these falsehoods surrounding what our paths should look like. Um, they're just as individual as we are. So my guest is a roller derby enthusiast, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> she is a a mama and a yogi (laughs) and um she is a graphic designer and a web designer and she is also the kundalini witch please welcome to the podcast miss elska franks welcome elska thank you for having me i'm so excited to be here yes i'm so grateful that you took the time out of your busy life to be here with us and share your amazing story with everyone Thank you. Yeah, I'm more than honored. I mean, I'm super excited. I've been on the edge of my seat ever since we started planning this. So, oh my yeah. gosh, I know, right? <laughs> it's it's always exciting um, to to make a new friend and mm. to hear other people's stories. I genuinely love to hear um, about the roads uh, that other people have taken to get where they yeah. are. So, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. So. Elska, please just introduce yourself, uh, let the listeners know a little bit about you and where you're from and what you do. Yeah. And if, if you would like to share your astrology, numerology, mm-hmm. human design, feel free to do so. Yes. So, I mean, you, you're welcome. Your introduction was so warm. <laughs> I think like, yeah, I, I, love roller derby skating is one of my <laughs> biggest passions and hobbies I have five children and I love to do like digital art graphics designing web designing um that's my you know like purpose during the day and then at you know like what I say by night I teach yoga and I do kundalini and I do all the spell work and and like witch witchy wonderfulness so <laughs> I love that yeah and that's you know me in a nutshell I feel like if you want the short version and then I'm a Capricorn <laughs> sun and a Capricorn rising with a Scorpio moon oh just wow to cover the surface right like I won't go into the whole chart um, uh, uh, so how how is this new moon in Scorpio <laughs> treating you by the way amazing I mean I feel wonderful you know like I feel like it is like a new start I've got so many new projects like coming up bubbling in my creative funnel I'm you know really tuned into like honoring my emotions and that things are not like as woe as me as uh, <laughs> you know like we can be in our Scorpio moons like we're like right. oh <laughs> 
oh, I'm so, everything is against me or, you know, all of the cosmos is not in my favor. (laughs) Like, yeah, it feels, it feels lighter right now. So I'm always down for a Scorpio moon, like new moon or full moon. It always feels good to me. Like it's lighter than the normal intensity. I feel like. (laughs) Very good. Well, I'm really glad to hear that because I think it's hitting some people really hard right now. I know. You never know what you're going to get. Not guilt. I I don't feel guilty. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, please don't. Please don't. You're going through it, but I'm in love. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Own that shit. (laughs) Yeah. I love um, that. Then, That's excellent. So my, I know, right? And then my, um, my human design is a manifesting generator. So I have that sacral authority. And then, I mean, I could keep going. I know that I have a five-one profile. Yes. With the left cross of obstruction. Yes. If that speaks to anybody out there, I'm still <laughs> learning about, still learning about most of my human design. And then. I think we mentioned numerology. So I know, yes. again, I won't go through the whole chart, but my top three numbers are, I'm a 617. Mm. So my soul number is a six. My karma number is a one. And my challenge number is a seven. Wow. So I know. Very, <laughs> very cool. Like you've gotten deep into the numerology. Oh, I know. <laughs> yes. Numerology was what I was studying about Kundalini before I started Kundalini training. Oh, excellent. Yes. Yes. And um, I love, I love that. I love how it's interwoven. Yes. Yeah. And, and it all like speaks the same language to me. Like mm-hmm. I love the reaffirmingness of astrology and numerology. Right. Exactly. Oh, I feel so validated. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not a workaholic. I'm a manifesting generator. <laughs> That's right. See, I knew it the whole time. <laughs> right. It was right here in my numbers. Exactly. You didn't know. You didn't That's know. So but... <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, know. I remember we talked about um, human design once. Um, it, our our um, charts are very similar yes. because I'm also uh, an MG with a five one, uh-huh. and I'm a left angle cross, but I'm left angle cross of endeavor. Mm. So we have we have all that in common. Yeah, I have been um, definitely true to my MG form right. <laughs> by by being interested in all of the things yes. <laughs> all of the time. Exactly. I'm like, it's easy to pivot. And other people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's so easy. They it's don't so know. <laughs> well, and I think it's, I think too, because, you know, a lot of times uh, most people are generators. Yeah. Too. Yes. And maybe that's why, as, as I mentioned in the introduction, there seems to be a stigma around people mm-hmm. who embrace so many different kinds of things and want to to experience all of that and sometimes at the same time you know yeah and uh, you said yeah getting rid of the stigma or getting rid of the shame around but my interests have shifted like I experienced this I'm here to experience this human life so it's like oh I experienced this hobby or this interest or this career path and now I have more interest over here and people feel like they have to stay, you know, stagnant or stay still when, um, you know, yeah, no, follow, follow where your energy is going. Follow where your body is saying yes. Like, yeah, your bliss. Uh, yes. Yeah. You're not going to find it just like sitting there being miserable, you know, Absolutely. sticking it out because you feel like you have to, like it's, 
uh, the worst feeling. Right. And, and I don't know if you've experienced this in your life, but I have in mind, I'm just curious. Um, the, I, I feel like I'm kind of in between, you know, here, um, you know, I'm almost 40 and I'm, I, I experience, you know, the, the Gen X and the boomer generations Mm -hmm. and their mentality. And I experience the millennials and the Gen Z mentality. And I feel like, um, our, our elders here, (laughs) our, they're, they're of the mindset that, you know, you pick one thing and you stick yeah. with it, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and there's no room to deviate. And I feel like these younger generations, these millennials and these Gen Zs are embracing that mm-hmm. kind of that MG mentality and they have side hustles, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they, they don't necessarily, and it's not out of, um, you know, flip floppiness <laughs> right a word. no it's not like it's not always flakiness or it's not right. always flakiness. like yeah yeah it's it's not always the factor like that's yeah. not always the the case I mean like sometimes it's following your yes sometimes it's just like going where you know your interests lead you because that's what's going to feed you that's what's going to fulfill you like that's right. going to fill your cup as I exactly like, yeah yeah. Yeah. And, mm. and, and, I, and it's probably, you know, a lot of times that could be attributed to youth too, but, um, you know, like our, our parents and our grandparents, you know, especially that Pluto and Virgo generation, you know, you, oh yeah you stick, you stick with it, you know, and, right. and that's admirable. That's very admirable to devote you know your life um, especially if you're working for a company or somebody else you know devoting yourself to a cause and mm-hmm. you know being um, consistent and steady but also just embracing um, learning to embrace the the need and the desire within you to as we said follow your bliss follow what's going on internally inside of you and making that happen make it a reality yeah. Oh, yes. So that so that was hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> that was just a thought. I didn't know if if that's something that you've experienced in your life or not. Um, and that's not to stigmatize or say that everybody no. is like that on no. both sides of the coin. No, no. But yeah, there is like this industrial complex end of the Piscean age with you know, like factory workers, like, like, we stem from like world wars. And, you know, like all all of these elders are coming from that place of like, put your nose to the grind and work, work, work and be, you know, it it takes a village to, you know, build something or it takes a country to make the war keep going, or it takes, you know, the whole community to keep us out of poverty and stuff. And like, community's good right like I'm I'm definitely all for you know being in large groups or being in numbers or like you know rallying together for you know help and support but again that industrial age complex right that that factory worker like we're all going to go and show up and clock in and work for minimum wage and you know never really be happy but we're paying the bills and living on the edge of our means like you know what I mean that's right not the Aquarian age that's not (laughs) where we're trying to transition into and again all of these like you know beautiful Aquarian age babies are coming up you know like they're they're being born or they're coming into their 
you know, coming into their, their selves and they're finding that like, it is more beautiful to enjoy those natural cycles of life. It is more beautiful to, you know, move with the energy flow and to tune into each other and to have feelings and have emotions and to, you know, not work for minimum wage and not, you know, stand for, you know, no benefits and stuff like that. They're they're starting to like, yeah, they're starting to like change the world in, in short terms. Absolutely. And I'm here for it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, because we're, we're going from almost a place of disempowerment to a place of empowerment and Mm. um, finding that that sovereignty within ourselves. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's been a beautiful unfolding and some people haven't liked it, but it's because they, they, it's so Mm. different (laughs) from what they're stuck in their ways and you know, people don't like change. It's no. I used to not like change. I didn't even want to like move my house or rearrange furniture. And, you know, it was something I had to adapt and evolve into. So, right. Well, and yeah. if, if things are going to change, uh, there's going to be some pushback, you know, there, there's, oh, yeah. gonna, there, there's always going to be those people who say oh well, what's wrong with the way things were you exactly. know because it's this is the way we've always their... done it right 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 and it pushes them out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. um I think we kind of got off track than what we were gonna no, talk about. <laughs> I think that was good yeah well and I, th- I think too when when people have conversations like this it maybe it might strike a chord with somebody and they'll yeah. be like well you know I never really thought about it that way right right you know and instead of you know, carrying around resentment or hostility towards someone who thinks differently than they do, it kind of opens the door and allows them to, you know, have a fresh perspective on things. I like it. (laughs) And, and, and I feel like that's something that the age of Aquarius is about too, you know, it's about thought and innovation and, um, you know, empowering ourselves through knowledge. Yeah. Deep insight. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so <laughs> let's get yeah. back on our question, shall okay. we? we shall. Okay, so in speaking about career and work and things of that nature, um, mm-hmm. tell us how you, well, first of all, tell us how you started on your spiritual path and how your, your work life um, mm-hmm. has been affected by that. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the short answer is, I stumbled across, you know, earth-centered religion and paganism at, you know, a young age. I think I was like 12 years old when I first was introduced to witchcraft or the Mm -hmm. craft, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it was one of those, like, I was just playing in the woods with my friends, but it started to, like, open up something in me. So, you know, I went back and forth with, like, I'm living in the South. I'm living in the Bible belt. Like I'm supposed to go to church and I would like Mm -hmm. try to go to church and it didn't feel right. It didn't feel, you know, in my body, what I was interested in learning, but earth centered religions very much did. Mm -hmm. So of course I was very like in the closet about that until my mid to late twenties where, I mean, like literally all of my books and all of my herbs and candles and stuff were in my closet, like literally (laughs) in the closet, literally, literally. Um, and then, you know, I just started to like, I'm going to put my, I'm going to leave my witchcraft book on the coffee table. I'm going Mm -hmm. to, you know, take the China out of the China cabinet and put all of my witchcraft stuff in there. Like all of my herbs are in jars and all of my candles are color coded. 
Um, <laughs> right. Cap- Capricorn. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And that, you know, I feel also that stemmed from grief. Um, at, a, at the age of 24, I lost my father to cancer. And then at the age of 28, I lost my mother to cancer. And everything just started to kind of pick up speed after that. Um, it was almost like, even if my mother would never judge me, or even if my father would never care that I was like pagan or that I followed witchcraft, like, it still opened up this sense of me, like, my parents are gone, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you know, like, I started right. to be like, I can be a witch, I can post pictures on my Facebook of whatever I want. Like, I, like, who is gonna, who am I gonna get in trouble with, right? Like, right. Um, and that was a little freeing in that spiritual journey. And I also the grief kind of pushed me towards, you know, first it was roller derby and then roller derby led me to yoga and then yoga led me specifically to Kundalini training. And, you know, then I started working at the studio. Then I started teaching workshops. Then I started, you know, my own thing and my Mm -hmm. own website. And so it Mm -hmm. just kind of snowballed from, you know, again, the short answer is I was such in this like deep, dark scary grief mm-hmm. that it kind of pushed me like literally like pushed me towards the light like it it pushed me into activities that connected me to my body and started like you know I started to feel like oh I need to stretch this way or oh I need to breathe this way or oh I need like better nutrition because I'm gonna work out tonight for roller derby or I have yoga class right like right it was these things I wasn't um in tune with my body for almost 30 years of my life and then here, like 30 years in, I was like, oh, you know, it feels good when I do yoga. It feels good when I do breath work. It feels good right. when I meditate. Um, and, that, and that really kind of like interwoven my witchcraft into my yoga practice. Because, mm. yeah, I mean, you know, I was at the yoga studio. I worked at the yoga studio and we would have crystals and we would have different colored candles and we had incense and we had sage. And so I started to see the same things at like my coven meetings, mm-hmm. you know, chanting or mantras. And then I, I would see those same things in the yoga studio, in my Kundalini teacher training. And I mean, I, I can talk for five more hours about it. You know? <laughs> and then, and then it was like this beautiful unfolding, this like, Um, I started to actually feel those yeses in my body. That's been my mantra. I'll probably say it a million times in this podcast, but, you know, I started to notice that like my body would feel good when I was following something that lit me up and made me Mm -hmm. happy. And I would feel like resounding, very loud no's when it was not part of what I wanted to do. And being able to just like recognize that was the first step, like being able to like know you know, oh, this knot in my stomach, you know, I'm saying yes, because I'm a people pleaser, or I'm saying yes, because I think I have to. But like the feeling in my body is saying like, no, don't do it. (laughs) So right. um, Yeah, my spiritual journey kind of started there. It started with tuning into my body through all these different avenues, tuning into me, you know, like who I was on the soul level. And you know, that pursuit of purpose just kind of pushed me towards all the things that I just fell in love with and life started to look and sound and smell and you know all these beautiful things it started to be different oh my gosh I love that that was so beautifully said I love it (laughs) um and and yeah I can see I mean obviously yeah I can see 
where you know the kundalini yoga and um the the witchy part of yourself like interwove mm-hmm. itself and um because of it, it's so sacred yeah you know and it's not really ancient. A re- it's <laughs> yeah. ancient yes and it's not really a religion but mm-hmm. it is but it's right. not <laughs> right like people and, are like oh you're in a cult and i'm like no it's not no. a cult oh my god <laughs> right like no kundalini's not a cult it's an energy right um, people people need to get a dictionary yeah. and learn like yes. the real definitions of these things exactly and you know it's like what we talked about in the beginning right it's that mm-hmm. old um paradigm shifting into the new paradigm so it's just so much of that like you know people thinking that you know different um symbols of religion are bad because it's not their religion right right yeah i won't go into detail but we know there's like so much racism or so much you know bigotry or anti-semitics um surrounding different religions and just like symbols of that you know especially witches though sure yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of misconception out there mm-hmm. goes without saying um so my next question is you know you have so which, which I, I was kind of laughing earlier when you said that roller derby led you to yoga and I was like how did that happen yeah I'll <laughs> tell I, you yeah if you want please, yeah. yeah please go ahead and I'll and I'll it'll lead me into my next question <laughs> it's it's pretty simple so I I found roller derby you know through a friend on Facebook who was playing we she was mm-hmm. playing down in Baton Rouge or New Orleans somewhere mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god that's amazing and she was like there's a Memphis chapter <gasps> or a Memphis Yay. league very so cool. I found roller derby that way and then one of my roller derby sisters is the one who opened uh, downtown yoga and it was the closest yoga studio to me mm-hmm. plus she was like anybody who's in roller derby you can pay half for like unlimited classes nice so at first I was just like okay I'm just gonna like pay this money because I want to support my sister and I want her yoga studio to stay open and I might come to some classes but you know like whatever I'm just gonna pay for the membership because I love her right and then, yeah and then um you know I fell in love with the teacher I fell in love with a specific yoga teacher at downtown yoga and I don't know if you want me to name drop but she was teaching kundalini yoga Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I love your classes more than I love anybody else's classes. And then she was like, you should go to Delta Group Yoga. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's just kind of, you know, like, I kind of just like, I found yoga through a derby sister who opened a studio. But then I found this one specific teacher that I was just like, your classes are like, I don't, I don't know, like a level up of everyone mm-hmm. else's classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was like, what, you're talking about is kundalini and you need to go to this studio that teaches a lot of kundalini sure absolutely yeah Yeah, Yeah. well in yoga is so expansive too Mm -hmm. yeah um tapping into those so much yeah yeah the energy centers and everything i love it so much well that that's so interesting thank you for (laughs) for for shedding some light on that of course yeah um but my next question is you know you have a lot of you know interest and talents um you know i've seen your graphic design work that you've done and it is incredible um and that has lent a lot into your career how has that journey of finding and fulfilling work looked for you yeah again um i'll try to be brief i'll try to keep it short (laughs) I started 
another roller derby sister was an author. She was a book convention. She would go to these book conventions and she needed an assistant. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, I just want to be like, the rest is history. But (laughs) it's so um, weird. I mean, I don't want to say weird. It's so universally cosmic or like, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, it was just the way that it unfolded. I started going to book conventions with her just to help her like set up her table and I was easier at sales I was easier at like you know I'm an extrovert and she's an introvert so she would be like I'll just sit here and be the author and you tell people about my book (laughs) and I met um my fate my favorite graphics arts designer um her name is Regina Wamba I'll name drop her but she was doing book cover design and she would teach photoshop classes online and I mean, it it just, again, it just snowballed from there. I started working, you know, like I started studying under her first, doing her like boot camps online. And then I started doing like social media management for the yoga studio. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, and then she hired me on as her like virtual assistant. And it was just like part of that, like, I just started doing things that made me feel good. Like, I just was like, I'm going to set an intention for this month or this year or you know with all of my like magic work or moon work my intention was always you know to find that fulfilling life to follow my yeses to to follow that pursuit of purpose and I would you know be so in love with playing in photoshop and making book cover designs and then you know making social media flyers for people who were having events at the yoga studio and it was just that was it. That was everything to me. That was what I knew that I wanted to do all day, every day. I didn't want to, you know, at one point I was cleaning houses and, you know, working the front desk at the yoga studio. And that was all beautiful and fulfilling for the moment. And then when I was ready to move on, it was more like, how can I build my own business out of following my yeses every day? How can I build my own business out of like waking up, being fulfilled, being this artist that I want to be, you know, calling myself an artist. <laughs> like that was, I feel like for every artist is the hardest thing to do is be like, Oh, I'm a graphics designer. When did that happen? Um, <laughs> and how did I get this label? Right. How did I, wait, <laughs> what? I'm qualified to design you a website. Okay. Um, and yeah, it just, you know, word of mouth or friends wanted to fly for their event or someone needed help with a logo or a website build. And it's just kind of gotten out of hand a little bit. <laughs> like you said, I'm, <laughs> I'm so busy and, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for like an assistant or someone to help me out. And, you know, it's, it's wonderful and it's beautiful and I want to like embrace it and be, you know, full of gratitude but um, it's hard work, you know, it's, it's a sure. lot of, a lot of people want um, my beautiful artwork. So yes, it, it's yeah. very beautiful. Indeed. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Again, that's so hard for me to say, but I appreciate you saying it. Yeah, no, no, I, I sincerely mean it. And, um, and I love how, how, how you're sharing, like when you're sharing your story, it's like this led to this and this led to yeah. this and this led to this. Yeah. And there's and it and it seems linear, but I know that it wasn't. No, yeah, there was yeah. a lot of twists and turns, mm-hmm. you know, in in your journey there. But it, it's so incredible that, um, and and what this is what I'm hearing is that every time you follow your yes, it leads you into something even better and even better and even better. Yes. And I think a lot of people 
and I could be wrong about this, but just from my experience and when working with people, especially people who need healing and mm-hmm. are just, you know, trying desperately to re- to recover from their past, um, they completely went against following their yeses consistently because they mm-hmm. never thought mm-hmm. that either either they, you know, Oh, this is, this is not what I should do. Like right. I should, you know, right. or, or the, you know, if I do this, it'll be selfish. Or if I do this, um, you know, it, I, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I exactly. don't know if this will be consistent income for me. I might right. be putting my family in detriment yes. and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But it, but it sounds like to me, almost like you were manifesting, you know, even, yeah. And in even better circumstance to come along. Yeah, I think that again, it's it's that manifesting generator where I just like, oh, I'm just gonna think my reality into existence. And for me, you know, I've kind of honed the skill or I've kind of started to trust this skill. Like it's a part of me where I'm like, you know, if I journal it, if I work at it, if I constantly have it on my intention board, if I'm putting it in front of my face every day, if I'm meditating on it, if I'm chanting on it, if I'm doing my affirmation, like there's so many moving parts, but then it's like, I'm literally like pulling it from my brain into this physical plane. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot easier for us manifesting generators. And then sometimes that language gets lost to these other, you know, energy, you know, like whatever, if you're a projector or a reflector, right? Like it might not translate the same way. Like, like, they're like, what do you mean? I I can just like, I can't just think it. And then it happens. Right. (laughs) Like, I feel like, you know, sometimes they're like, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, okay, well, you have a different route about going, like you have a different way about making your reality different or changing your sure yeah because physical everybody everybody's different yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and you know I think we've said it several times it's it's so individual like the way that each person is here experiencing this human existence in their individual way I mean that's what their path looks like that's what their purpose looks like you know that's what the way that they make it happen is so unique to them too like absolutely it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of situation not at all yeah but uh, but I also feel though that across the board and you know like I said this is just my opinion I think that um following your yes is is Mm. definitely something that anybody no matter (laughs) what their situation might be is um a a very potent way to to start to um find you know you know find that higher timeline you know follow their Mm -hmm. path of least resistance yeah I feel anything that makes you vibrate higher anything that makes you change frequency is gonna Mm -hmm. kind of lead you in that direction anyway so right and again that looks different you know like for some people it's skating and for some people it's kundalini and for me it's both so it's like (laughs) you know some people run and some people knit and so it's like anything that is like really like feeding your vibration so that you are like wearing a smile on your face I mean that that you can't go wrong following that pursuit of purpose you like you can't go wrong using that as a compass right like left or right oh right feels way better like okay then go knit all day and then go for a run you know what I mean like right exactly and and you know and and that is that is to me part of 
following, you know, your spiritual path, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. awakening process Mm -hmm. is learning what feels good because, you know, people, we've been projected upon since birth and conditioned and we don't even know what our yes (laughs) feels like, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Or it's really important to, to, you know, we've also been told to do the opposite. Like, Oh, you feel like painting, but it's time to read. Don't paint. And that's like, I'm a kindergartner. All I want to do is paint. <laughs> I literally just wanted to paint today. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I speaking of children, I would like to ask, um, you yeah. have been very open about this, um, about unschooling your mm-hmm. children. Um, do you mind sharing about that and explaining what that is and what it looks like for you and your children? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Again, I could talk for five hours. (laughs) This is one of my favorite subjects to share about. Um, If you've never, like, you know, any of the listeners or or Beck, if you've never heard of the term unschooling, it is the exact opposite of schooling. So we don't believe in, like, putting our children into these little boxes and giving them tests and making them eat the same food every day at the same time. And, you know, like, there's so much structure to school for no reason, I feel. Um, When I started down this path of unschooling, it was very much because I had so many children. I had four at the time, and three of them were currently in school. And my fourth was about to start kindergarten. And we just started to see the school, the public school system failing each of the children that were in school. So Mm -hmm. each of them had a different reason, right? That was unique to them. Like my oldest had a kindergarten reading level at at fifth grade and they were pulling him out of classes for like hours at a time every day, just to practice reading. And he hated it. It made Mm -hmm. him not want to read even a test, right? Like it made him hate science because he had to read stuff. And then my middle child, like the one while they were in school, my oldest daughter at the time, she was bored out of her mind. She was like, we learn the same stuff every day. Like we have to go, like I go to school and I learn the same thing today that I learned yesterday. You know, like that repetition was just not what she needed. Like she didn't need to go over it multiple times. She she likes to move on. Mm -hmm. And then my youngest child, my youngest daughter at the time, she was just like a class clown. She was very extroverted. She liked to sing. (laughs) She liked to dance in the hallway. She would change seats on the bus and get in trouble. Um, And so it was, it was constantly like behavioral problems with her, Mm -hmm. right? Like the school was like, she doesn't listen and she won't stop twirling in line (laughs) to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, because she's in the third grade, Like, (laughs) like she's a little girl who wants to twirl. Is that really like something you should suspend her for? She right. didn't hurt anybody. She didn't cuss. She didn't blow anything up. Right. And so, oh my gosh, she twirled. Right. I can't believe. Right. This. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, yeah, so I started. I did my own research. I encourage everybody to do their own research and what's best for them. But unschooling is really like this idea that my children can learn to exist in this world. They can learn things on their own because they exist. So just like my child learned how to walk. Just like my child learned how to talk because she exists around humans who do that all day because she sees us walk, because she sees us talk, right? Like it was a skill she picked up that we helped her learn. Um, That Then she can also learn science. She can learn nature and math and she can learn to read. 
And so my youngest son, who's now 13, he's never been inside of a public school. He's never attended a class where he had to take a test. And he completely taught himself to read. So he can read like any 13-year-old. He can read novels. He can read books without pictures. But I never made him sit down and do spelling words. I never made him sit down and read for an hour a day. And, you know, one day he came to me, my husband, he was really young. I think he was only five. And he was like, five times five is 25. And we were like, how do you know that? Like, we are, we are <laughs> not, God. we're not doing multiplication tables with you. How do you know that? And he was like, on Minecraft, when I want to build a wall that is this tall and this wide, I have to have 25 pieces of wood. Dude. Exactly. So, you know, again, I started re- doing my own research. So I found mentors, I found books, I found all kinds of information on unschooling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the place that everybody starts with unschooling is the term de-schooling. And that's literally like unlearning everything you think you know about how children learn. Like mm-hmm. everything we've been taught about, you know, sit here in this seat and be quiet for this long and do this worksheet and study this times tables, right? Like that's right. It's it's arbitrary <laughs> to, <laughs> right. to say the least. Right. And then I started to really um, notice, you know, doing my own research and and following these paths, I started to notice the similarities between prisons and public schools. And it was, you know, kids, you know, eating off a tray, standing in line, only getting to go outside for a certain amount of time inside these concrete rooms with fluorescent lights. Um, And, you know, like a, a plant would not be able to thrive in this kind of environment. And so you know, putting our children, which is way more important in these environments, I I was very much against. Um, That all being said, I now have a three-year-old who goes to school. (laughs) She goes to pre-K. So it is like every single um, child, like every single one of my children has had their own path because Mm -hmm. for my three-year-old, she very much needs that structure. She very much not function without having the same wake up time and the same bedtime and the same eat schedule and like you know watching her sugar intake and you know she she does have these like she needs structure to be part of her daily life so we're experimenting with our fifth child going to school so it's really (laughs) like come full circle where I was like I thought I was an but each child needs, you know, their needs met. So right. And I was just yeah. gonna say, it sounds like you're saying, you know, to each his own. Um, yeah. That that unschooling isn't for everybody, and going to school isn't for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you know, I've I have adult children now. So those three that I started telling you about when they were in third, fourth, and fifth grade, they mm-hmm. are now seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen years old. Wow. I could not be prouder. Like I could not, you know, like every mother of course is proud of their children, but I Mm -hmm. feel like my children are on their pursuit of purpose. You know, they are following their guesses. They understand when something fulfills them and, and makes them feel, you know, for lack of a better word, full of purpose. Mm -hmm. And when things are not in alignment with them and, you know, they, they have been in like my 17 year old has been in a relationship for four years coming up in December. Mm-hmm. And at 17 years old, I, I had not had the emotional maturity or 
the patience to, you know, have a relationship that long. And, you know, they're working, they're saving money, they have huge savings accounts. And I'm like, when I was 19, I was scraping pennies up just to get the shirt, you know? <laughs> so for me, I'm Same. like, I, I couldn't, like, I, like, I know that I did it right. Like, even if, you know, they send their kids to school or whatever, you know, like, even if they right. like, rebel against everything that you've done, because that's nature. Oh I still gosh. look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you don't even understand how you are like, five levels above where I was when I was 19. That is incredible. I love yeah. that. Yes. Thank and you. once yeah. again, remaining open-minded to the possibility mm-hmm. that, you know, and instead of trying to, I guess, mold ourselves around the system, yeah. having the system mold, mold itself around us, you know, because yeah. we're the ones who are learning. We're the ones mm-hmm. who are existing and, and trying to find our way. Why do we have to shove ourselves, you know, like you said, yeah. in a box and yeah. be what everybody else expects us to be and then spend the rest of our lives trying to undo. Get out of it. Yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> we don't want out of the box now. Yeah. Okay. Bye. I'm leaving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about, you know, child led interests. So, yes. you know, just, you know, I don't remember everything that I took a test on in high school. I Google everything. Right. When schools were started, there was one person in town who knew how to read and write and they had to teach the kids to do that. Right. So now we have access to libraries on every corner. We have computers in our homes or in our pockets now. And it's very different where a child can follow their interests. Like the first thing you learn about unschooling is that children absorb information way easier, way faster, and more, much more naturally when they're interested in a subject. Yes. So it's like my daughter wanted to learn how to make pie crust, and I use that to teach her fractions and baking. And that's how she knows fractions now, not because I sat her down with a sheet, you know? Right. And made her stare at a board for eight exactly. hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we all learn different ways anyway. I mean, some people right. learn just by like you like your um your other daughter. I mean, she retained it the first yes. time. Yeah. Some people learn by hands-on learning and exactly. things like that. And right. it's incredible. It's beautiful. And so to put us in a one-size-fits-all kind of situation may not be feasible for everybody. Yes. I love that. Thank you for sharing about that because that's very interesting. Yeah. Again, um, I, I could, yeah, we can do a whole nother, <laughs> we can do a whole nother podcast on just right, that. A part like, two. Yeah. Right. I'll talk for like five hours about it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Well, let's move on to um, another topic that I'm extremely anxious to ask you about. Um, so you are the Kundalini witch. Uh, that's, that's your your pseudo name yeah (laughs) my alter id yeah your alter ego and um so i I would love to delve into this subject um so what does being a witch mean to you um you know as as we have been saying this whole time like other people may have misconceptions about it Mm -hmm. and how would you say this has empowered you in your pursuit of purpose Mm, yeah i feel like a witch is to me, it's just a person empowered in their pursuit of purpose. Right. So 
I mean, a witch is not like the blind follower, right? They're like taking their lives into their own hands. So how, how do we, you know, like, how do we even begin that sometimes? Like we're, we're stepping out of victimhood. We're stepping out of that, you know, like we've been talking about that space we've been groomed in. We're stepping outside of the box. We're thinking, you know, things aren't happening to me. They're happening for me. Right. Like, I feel like that that is a witch. A witch is like in tune with the earth. She's in tune with the cycles or they, I should use the term they, they're, mm-hmm. you know, doing moon magic, you know, so it's, it's all about like honoring the elements and honoring these cycles and honoring that we live on this planet. They're stepping out of the victimhood. They're stepping out of that place that we've been put inside the little box to think of, right? Like, I feel like a witch is like, starting to honor that like things aren't happening to them right they're happening for them mm-hmm. I see so many people come through like witch school and or just my workshops and they're like my boss my lover my family you know the guy on the interstate today like all of these things like oh my life sucks because of all of these things <laughs> like you know and it's like well not necessarily, you know, like it could be that, you know, it's pushing you in the different direction, right? It's, it's right. making you end a relationship so that you can be in that relationship that feeds your soul. That is part of your purpose. Right. right. Or it could be, I, I mean, I can go on and on, right? Like, oh, you lost your job and like that sucks. And that hurts a lot of people. And, and I understand that like so many people are living below the poverty line or on unemployment. Mm-hmm. But when we start to say like, you know, that happened for me, right. then, then we can shift, we can shift our perspective, we can shift our energy, we can shift our vibrations, we can shift our focus right into, okay, well, then what else do I want to happen for me? I want to have a job that pays me $100,000 a year, you know, like, then we can start to find that lover that is even better than our last lover. So bringing that back to your question, like, I feel like a witch is someone who is starting to either realize that or has already been realizing it for all of their life, right? Mm -hmm. That, that their life, you know, like is in your hands, like you can do your witchcraft, do your spell work, do your intention setting, do your chanting and your mantras and affirmations and have, you know, at least a different outlook, if not a different outcome. Oh, and, I love that. Yeah. And, and so I've had, you know, Christian believers come to full moon rituals and I've had, you know, a, a Jewish person go through witch school. So it's, it's even seeing that witchcraft and magic and spell work has shown up in all of these ancient religions and all of these ancient teachings. Um, we start to notice like, Jesus in some of his paintings is holding a mudra, you know, he's holding the two fingers up Mm -hmm. and then, and then we start to, you know, like for me personally in my path, I started to see that, you know, there's all of these scholars that believe he went to the Himalayas and he learned mantra meditation with monks up in the mountains. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, oh, you know, that's something that, of course, the masses or, you know, our elders or the church would have us believe differently about. And I mean, 
I started studying the anthology of witchcraft this last year, and it's literally in every religion. It's in the way we study Chinese medicine, you know, and all of the elements are in Chinese medicine. All of the elements are in Indian Ayurveda. All of the elements are in our yoga practices. And that also relates to the Celtic teachings and the Wicca. And, and we can go down to the Mayans, you know, there's right. So many, right. There's so many of these like ancient teachings and we had medicine women or we had shaman men and, you know, when you, when you go back all the way back to those ancestors that were connected to the earth, that were farming, they were living off of the land, they had to, you know, have their produce or their hunting by the seasons. It really kind of brings it full circle into like, A, the way that we've disconnected from all of that. And then B, in the way that it is interwoven in us and we cannot get rid of it, no matter our religion, no matter our path, no matter, right. you know, really what we're, we're quote unquote studying, um, noticing the elements, noticing the astrology, noticing the numerology. This comes up in, you know, across the world, religions and ancient teachings and ancient scripts. And so I feel like a witch can be anybody, any religion. And then She's really, or I keep saying she, I'm sorry about pronouns. <laughs> they <okay>. are, <laughs> yeah, they are in tune with, you know, themselves, their body, mm-hmm. their spirit, their path, their purpose. They're in tune with, you know, the beauty in nature and the way that our bodies go through the same cycles as the earth and the moon. Right. Well, and the term <laughs> witch, ha- it carries such a negative connotation Yeah. for many people and, mm-hmm. I agree with you and when you said that it it represents empowerment to you mm-hmm. because we are eliminating our need for dependence on yeah. others uh we are we don't need to um you know be the victim of our circumstances and right. realizing that we can change it right um so I definitely I I you know, not that you need me to agree with you, but I yeah, definitely, no, but I definitely sure. agree with that. I think um, that is an excellent definition. If somebody asked me, that's probably what I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. And that it's ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I as as an Akashic Records reader, I see the witch wound um, so much come up in my readings. It's it's definitely come up oh, for yeah. me, and recognizing that um, having having that wound, mm-hmm. um, having that as part of your identity, um, knowing that you can heal it yeah. because that is what a witch does. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. she heals her heal, heals, you know, they heal themselves. And, yeah. um, I, and I love that so much. It's definitely, um, w- we are in a, a time in history where it's more acceptable than ever to be a witch. Yes. And yeah, I'm here I, for it. Yes. I talk about privilege in my mm-hmm. witch school I, because I'm mm-hmm. like, of course, we have like, you know, privilege of race or privilege of money or privilege of status or, you know, whatever privilege that we do have. We're all in a time where we have the privilege to even say the word witch in public. Right. I mean, a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, you could not even say that word. You could not mm-hmm. even have a spell book. You could not even 
journal if you were a woman they would be like she's writing right um, you can yeah, even say so, that 50 years ago <laughs> it, yeah <laughs> you know? yeah exactly so yeah. yeah we are very privileged to live in a time where we can even acknowledge the fact that witches exist and that we are literally everywhere <laughs> right well and and I think I mean I'm, and just like everything else there are people who um probably take it down a dark path yes and yeah. again um, them putting us in that box burning us at the stake and you know like you touched on there's so many there's so much past life regression around women not wanting to get burned or you know people in general but a lot of women have that witch wound and yes you know it's even hard to connect community wise I've run into women all the time who are like it's hard for me to trust women and it's not even because of this lifetime. It's because we were literally pitted against each other to be burned yes. or not burned, whether we were innocent or not. So, yes. Yeah. And you know, again, doing past life regression, you know all about it. So. Right. And yeah. Oh, and yes, pitting, pitting people mm-hmm. against each other, pitting women against women, especially. Yes. Um, I am a big believer that, you know, queens don't knock the crowns nope. off of other queen's heads nope. you know you, yes. you straighten it for them exactly. and and i, I feel that. like that's that's empowering not only to the other person but the self as well yeah oh yeah when you can look past like any resentment or when you start to have that feeling of like oh i can't give my energy to this person because i don't want to get burned or i don't want to get shunned or there's not enough for me or something right like when you right. embrace that i mean you you literally like grow outside your comfort zone. You literally like heal that wound because you're like, nah, I'm going to give her props. I'm going to help her fix her crown. Like I'm going to lift her up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, um, you know, if, in touching back on human design really quick, the fact that, you know, when, when you have a left angle cross, like we do, um, you have tr- what's called transpersonal karma. And I feel like, that that aspect of it of witchcraft is ingrained in us you know um yeah because we have the ability to to help people change directions in their path and Mm. so um I feel like it's it's a it's not a mistake (laughs) that, that you would be in this position where you could help people realize that right thank you because it changes their trajectory you know um it's like um you know telling somebody you know, who, who is just so steeped in conditioning and victimhood mm-hmm. and saying, like, do you hear yourself? Like, no, yeah. <laughs> like, like, let's yeah. stand up. Let's, let's look at who you, who you really are. And not that's really this... hard. Yeah. It's so hard, man. Yeah. I mean, from both ends, like I see people who come to me for that and, and I, you know, it's, it's such a touchy subject because they are not either willing to see it or acknowledge it yet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they want to give up or they want to move on. And it's like, I can't force somebody to want right. to change, you know, like I can't force somebody to want to grow or, you know, do, do the shadow work. Like I can't, I can tell you how to honey, but I can't make you do it. Like, yeah. Who wants yeah. to do shadow work anyway? Right. You know? right. <laughs> Who signs up for that? Like, yeah, right. Exactly. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we yeah. laugh but for real it's, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we've been through it <laughs> sure absolutely exactly. we absolutely have yes we laugh yes. out of pain <laughs> <laughs> to keep from crying <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my goodness Definitely. okay so moving on to my next question um okay. since 
we're we're still kind of talking about the same thing. What would what advice would you give someone who is on their spiritual journey and wants to empower themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, stop putting so much of yourself into things that are killing your vibe. Mm. I mean, Amen it's just, yeah, like, I feel like that's the theme of this whole conversation from beginning to end has been, you know, we, we tire ourselves out, we feel older than we are, we can't get <laughs> enough sleep at night, we have anxiety attacks, or we're on a 100 different medications when one will do. And so there's just all these things, I think that um, we're literally like pouring from empty cups day after day. And then we're not doing anything to refill ourselves in that spiritual, purposeful way. Right. And then, you know, we're just, we, we just keep grinding. We keep pushing through. We keep, you know, running on empty because we feel like it's the right thing or the popular thing or the societal thing to do. And I feel like the biggest advice that I could give anybody is, you know, just stop putting so much of yourself. Like if you have to show up for this, or if you have to do this thing, understand, I understand responsibilities, but stop giving so much of yourself to things that are literally like killing you on the inside. Cause you can mm-hmm. pivot at any point, follow your yes. Even if it's in a small way, you know, an example is, you know, going back to people who run, you know, like I had a friend who didn't want to work her nine to five job. She was doing this, like, I want a pursuit of purpose. I want to find something that's more fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't quit her nine to five. You know, she didn't have that ability and she couldn't pull her kids out of school and do unschooling. But what she could do is start a running group. She could start a group of women who would meet with her and would run in the mornings, And, you know, that started to fulfill her. And then she started to lead groups. She started to lead workouts. She started to lead stretching. And, you know, people would give her $5 or up to $20 for her class. And I started mm-hmm. to say, like, this is the start, right? This is your, your, the start of your journey to your pursuit of purpose, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're starting to do what you can outside of what you have to in order to fill your cup back up, in order to you know, maybe you only made $50 this month because people came to run with you. It's not going to pay any bills, but it's going to make you feel like you're on the right path to something that you love. And then it just kind of snowballs from there, you know? Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. Yeah. And I, I always love to hear stories like that where, where people, you know, they're, and everybody loves a, loves a, a, you know, a hero story where where you save yourself, you know, and and you like, well, I can't change certain things right now. Right. uh, But I can do this one thing and, and taking inspired action is definitely uh, the way to go. Right. And then word of mouth, and then you have clients paying you for private sessions and the mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're a physical therapist. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's just like, right, right. right. Exactly. exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, mm-hmm. Mindy, um, Elska, I really yes. appreciate your time, your wisdom, you. and your I perspective on things. Yeah. Yes. It's been so eye-opening. And um, I'm sure other people, um, especially with the unschooling, people have uh, probably you know, have been wondering about it. Maybe they've been afraid to ask, um, but yeah. having someone who, um, who, who has 
firsthand account of it is uh, extremely helpful. And, um, you know, just recognizing we're all on this journey together Mm -hmm. and we don't have to um, continually shove ourselves in in these boxes anymore. Like we can be free. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's Um, it's fine and it's better. (laughs) Yes. And I really appreciate, you know, your messages of hope and empowerment for everybody today. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. So my last question is Mm -hmm. how can people find you? Please share your website, your social media and what have you. Yes. So the best way to find me is my website and that is the kundaliniwitch.com. And my um, Instagram is under construction, but (laughs) I started a new one and Mm -hmm. that is the underscore kundalini underscore witch. So there's nothing on the Instagram page, but you can start following it and there will be some stuff shortly. But um, yeah, the best, the fastest way to get a hold of me is anywhere on my website. There's contact forms and emails listed. So, and it'll tell you all about my services and everything that I offer. So wonderful. Yes. Everyone, please reach out to Elska. She has many, many talents. (laughs) Um, And we really appreciate you being here and sharing your story with us. Um, And thank you to everyone for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful and blessed week. We only have a few spots available for our 2022 Vision Quest Shadows and Sage Retreat in Sedona, Arizona, January 30th through February 5th. We have extended the early bird pricing. It is now $13.33 and payment plans are available. To find out more information, visit akashicbeck.com or thesensitivesage.com under Retreats.